0: Hey Hey guys! guys. Welcome back to Don't Don't Take Take Our 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 Word Word For It. It. We're just two Korean-American gals trying to navigate the socially relevant, culturally confusing, and everything in between in ways we know best, but... Don't Don't take take our our word word for it. it.
1: So guys, today we have a special guest. He is actually a friend of mine native to Southern California, but is currently studying law at the University of San Francisco. And Mm -hmm. his name is
0: Isaac. And um, the reason why we wanted to bring Isaac onto the show is because, you know, in our last episode, we talked about adapting um, as Korean Americans, and we thought it'd be interesting to really bring in other people to discuss how they navigate adapting to new environments Mm -hmm. and situations and trying to balance our identity across you know different life stages different communities um even in the roles that we play in in those in those environments um especially when we feel a little bit like an outsider or we it's it's just new
1: we're just adapting to new things we just wanted to like pick his brain and like bring put words to that because yeah. i think this those are processes and things that go on in our minds that we we maybe don't really talk about or share with other people. So
0: ultimately we wanted to share how we can use our unique cultural and personal identities to root us back to our passions or our careers in hopes that it makes a new path for not just ourselves, but for others who may share a similar story Mm -hmm. as us, um, who may look like us or who may look completely different from us. Um, and so, given all that, we thought Isaac would have a very unique perspective, being a Southern Californian Mexican American Bay Area transplant, <laughs> adjusting to his new life and career in the in a, in a brand new city. Yeah.
1: So, Isaac, how has your week been?
2: It's been It's
1: been really nice. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So you're back.
1: <laughs> you're back. Uh, when did you come back uh,
0: from San Francisco?
2: I got here late May so the semester ended mid May and the turnaround time was really, really fast. Yeah. I, um, the internship started May 20th, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I finished classes, had a week off and then, Oh shoot. I was in LA. So you
0: just had a one week break. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, cool. you're, mm-hmm. you're back in town. How does it, does it feel like pretty good to be back Home? with like friends and family for the summer?
2: Yeah, it does. And yeah. the, the internship uh, is pretty much over at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have to go back until the 19th. Or I don't oh, have okay. to like start to go until the 19th. Nice. Oh, so
0: nice. you have some time. Okay, okay, okay. Some yeah. time to chill. Mm-hmm. And, and where is your internship at?
2: I am working at Neighborhood Legal Services and LSLA in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work in the Glendale office um, and work with the reentry department in um, sort of different things, mostly with expungements mm-hmm. and dismissals.
0: Wow. Ding dude. And how's, that, how's your um, summer been so far with them?
2: It's been really great. I never considered legal lady before. I have often thought about public interest work and like working in public interest because that's uh-huh. something that I, I think my character is just really uh, going towards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like working with people and like helping people out. And this mm-hmm. feels like a, a very natural kind of work for me
1: yeah dude. I'm glad that like there is something like that for you within the umbrella, like under the umbrella of law. Yeah. because I feel like that's like the number one question law students are asked is like what kind of law <laughs> do you want to get yeah. into?
2: Well uh, a few weeks ago I was at I was at a at, a, at another law school uh, out in LA just kind of um, visiting the campus and uh, I, I met some some students that were thinking about applying. Uh, to this law school and the something that that was asked was like oh to the, to the students was like well, what type of law do you think you want to get into and some of these mm-hmm. were, were yeah. students like that were still in undergrad um, about to apply or about to like finish undergrad and then considering like taking the LSAT and all that stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was just like blank face like I don't know
1: <laughs> I would be the same way I mean okay so do people like uh, specifically get into like a certain type of law when they do their internships or like when do you when do you sort that out like in the process because I'm sure some people very much do have an idea of like what kind of law they want to do when they're applying for grad school but I feel like majority of the time like most people don't yeah
2: I would say that public interest is something or public uh, yeah, public interest and Anything in the public sector is a little bit easier to get into than mm-hmm. the private sector would be. So if you if you do want to get into that, like those doors are often pretty pretty open mm-hmm. because there's always going to be work there. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas the private sometimes like they they want like a certain percentage of the class, like right. the very top mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. So then that can get a little competitive. Um, so then people have to like figure out like what do I want to work in? Yeah. Um, along with like what can I even get into
0: right yeah. um,
2: and I think that's where the stress can often be with like figuring that out mm-hmm. um, I had an idea of kind of what I wanted to do mm-hmm. but not entirely and even like what I'm doing now isn't anything that I thought I was going to do when oh, I got to law school
0: yeah Well oh, that's pretty interesting so what were you um, planning what were you thinking of doing?
2: well I definitely considered and I'm still considering being a public defender mm-hmm. um, and that's something that I can see myself doing and there are public interest days that are hosted by, by different organizations, different schools. Um, so we had one in San Francisco a number of months ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And there were a bunch of different organizations and offices that were there for uh, PIPS days, a so Public Interest Public Sector Day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you, know, you had public defender offices for Alameda and San Francisco. Um, and San Mateo and a bunch of different areas <clears throat> as well as like different offices from pretty much all over the place mm-hmm. and I um, when I applied like I, I applied to two jobs in LA mm-hmm. uh, mostly because I was trying to like figure out like oh like can I be back close to my family for the summer right mm-hmm. so I had kind of had that in mind yeah. when I was applying um, and I was just kind of throwing myself out there, seeing like what would stick and what, where I would end up. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened like that I ended up at LSLA. And when, when I actually had the, the interview then they were asking me like, oh, what are you interested in? And I told them, well, <coughs> criminal law is really fascinating to me and I want to, I want to work in that. Mm-hmm. I can see myself doing that. i being a public defender. Uh, they told me they had a, they had a whole reentry department. Mm-hmm. And I was stoked about that. I was yeah. I was so excited um, because the reentry department was, was split up into different uh, projects that they're all working on. So okay. they have um, things that they're doing out in the Antelope Valley mm-hmm. and uh, within Glendale and different communities in between.
4: Yeah.
2: Um. And I was just really impressed with what I had heard, and I was like, "This sounds like a great fit for me."
0: Yeah, it's close to home. And you mm. could be back, um, yeah. So we're glad that you're back, so you could I be know. on this podcast with us. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, and what did you miss most about LA while you're up in San Francisco? Did you miss anything
1: about home? The food. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I've heard so many good things about food in San Fran. I um, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the difference? Like, what did you miss about, <laughs> yeah? What did you, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. what did you miss, Valley? Oh, Mexican. Oh, food. yeah. There's nothing okay, like. Yeah, yeah wow. I did. I have heard that what's like the realest mexican food you've had
2: i think you'd have to go in well, Sanfern. you can definitely go to the mission district and mm-hmm. find something there uh-huh uh and east bay and i think those are going to be the areas that you really find stuff like if you go to oakland you'll find some really great <laughs> well,
1: yeah. austin's yeah. like writing oh, uh, notes yeah. down right now he's uh, like when I, I'm whenever here. i'm in the
0: city um i go we go to ferralitos i think mm-hmm. yeah
1: we go there in mission which is pretty good mm-hmm. it's pretty good there I've got to be honest, I've had more Asian food when I was in San Fran or when I visited just for like a few days. But I feel like I've had (laughs) more (laughs) different kinds of Asian food than any other food. (laughs) I eat so much bread when I'm in San Francisco. Like, it's intense. Their
0: bakeries are unreal. Yeah, so good. I guess I'm missing out
1: on like a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The coffee and bread, that's, I could just live off of coffee and bread in San Francisco. But yeah, in terms of like diversity of food, maybe maybe. Uh, LA is a little bit of a better fit for that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. That's <laughs> about uh, a lot of um, just Asian foods yeah. that are there in SF, or um, Asian parts of Europe. where like on my block, yeah, you know, but close to my close to my apartment, there is a Korean barbecue. There's a sushi place right next door to my apartment.
4: Yeah,
1: uh,
2: that serves I think five or six people a night like mm, just that's it
1: really? wow so they like a they fancy like place actually mm. owned by japanese
0: i think people? so okay it sounds yeah. like some yeah sounds like, like a I, very authentic <laughs> experience <laughs> yeah no
1: seriously because in orange county if it was owned by a korean person which most of them <laughs> like are out here in orange <laughs> county <laughs> there will there will be like happier or deals like all you need deals, and it's just like as many customers as they can serve. Right. Kind and of like deals. thousands of rolls, like right? you don't even know what you're eating. It's sriracha and mayo is what <laughs> you're <laughs> eating, <laughs> and avocados. But
0: I love it. <laughs> but it's different. It's a different experience.
1: Yeah.
2: There's also a, a Russian bakery across
1: Really? The from me. Oh, what's, what's it park? called?
0: Yeah, what's it called?
2: It's called Cinderellas, and that place is amazing.
0: Really? I like
2: go there all the time. Like. It gets really busy during parts of the day or, mm-hmm. or like on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But I live across the street, so like there are some days where I'm like, nobody's in line, I'm just gonna go run That's right over.
1: Awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, is it one of those places you go like you should go like early in the morning? That's when they have all the good stuff.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. Like I think throughout the day they, they're they just constantly baking. Oh
1: wow. Is it so it's pretty popular?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it like more of a mom and pop shop or is that Definitely. a little Definitely. It's been around oh, for wow.
2: That's the really cool part about SF is there's yeah. so much history Yeah. you go anywhere and you, you see it in the buildings in the restaurants everywhere you walk like, but for my apartment, if you walk yeah. a few blocks away down to Clement, there are so many local farmer markets or like local, like small groceries mm-hmm. yeah. um, that are, that are family owned and run. Yeah. And it's so amazing to see because you can just, go any time of the day and it, it's like you're entering a whole different world
0: yeah, yeah that's I super that. cool and what part of um, what part of the city do you live in currently
1: I live in the Enrichment oh okay okay I visited Isaac there once and it was such a quaint cute like neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't really like see because obviously everything looks I think I visited you at night, so I couldn't really like <laughs> see everything, yeah. but I I was around that neighborhood during the daytime and it's a totally different feel than Orange County. For oh yeah. Sure. It's so different. And yeah. that's its own
0: like color. Yeah, yeah. for
1: sure. I I've seen a lot more like small businesses there. Uh, and I, I could totally picture it being, like, San Fran being comprised of, like, smaller businesses. Yeah. And I, like, but do you see, like, gentrification happening there, too?
2: I do. Really? I, I see it, and it exists. I wouldn't say it exists everywhere, but um, when you see it, you're like, oh, like, that's a whole new shop. Uh, this is a whole a lot of it's tech Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's like tech industry, like booming in parts of downtown and the financial district. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, yeah, that downtown area is like pretty uh mo- it looks very modernized. Modern,
0: right? Like right in front of the ferry building. Yeah. I think Salesforce just built this massive massive building. It's oh. so tall.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's I've seen a lot of like branding buildings and a lot more brands that I am familiar with or I've seen before or that I shop at like Normally, or I would see back home in, like, Orange County. But then it's when you get to, like, certain neighborhoods where there's a lot more, like, smaller businesses, and shops, and um, I, I that's what I like about SF, and I think that's why, like, people like to go to SF is to see that and experience that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But what I have noticed is with some of these tech jobs, um, they'll get their employers from, like, all over the country or all over the world, and... You know, I. I have no qualms about it because it's like, you know, it's it's SF. SF has mm-hmm. has a, so much diversity. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's very fitting for for this major city for okay. there to be like, um, all these people from different parts of the world coming into SF, and even myself. Like, I'm not from SF, like living in the city.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I don't think any of us that have moved there in the last ten years like realizes, what how much change has actually happened or mm-hmm. what amount of gentrification has actually happened. And I have to stop myself every now and then kind of like take a step back mm-hmm. and like look at what's going on. Look at how I am interacting with my own community uh, and try my best to like understand it mm-hmm. and like be a, a part of my own community
1: yeah. uh,
2: and not get like so caught up with, um, everything else around me or not get caught up with like, Oh, like here's this new shop in the area. Like I have to check that out or get caught mm-hmm. up in like the fad of things.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's like such a fine balance. I feel like, especially when San Francisco already has, and like, I'm sure there are like sub communities within the larger whole of like San Francisco, like San Franciscans. Mm-hmm. But, um, how, how do you like find that fine balance between not wanting to, like disrupt what's already been there like a culture or like a way of you know a way of doing life or relating to people or whatever but then at the same time like yeah San Francisco is totally a melting pot and it is what it is because of the like many different people of like different backgrounds that make up the city yeah so like what how how do you is that that something you think about
2: it is it definitely is
1: is that that's kind of stressful to be honest (laughs) Yeah, I would feel I would feel stressed out moving to like a completely it's still California, but it's, it's still so, really stressful yeah. to like go somewhere completely different. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a different culture up there. Yeah. Like nor- Northern California and Southern
0: California. It's it's pretty different. It feels like two states. Yeah.
1: yeah. How? So you were you were like born and raised in SoCal, right? Mm. Yes. Um. Like what area of, of Southern California?
2: Anaheim, Orange County.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Were you born there? Were you born and raised in Anaheim? I was born in Fullerton, California. Right here.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Wait, what hospital? <laughs> 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 There's only so many, you know. <laughs> it
2: was. Um, oh man, I don't even think the hospital exists anymore. I can't really. Remember the, yeah, I can't remember. Wow. Oh. It's now a. I know because my my parents talked about it. I I took uh, guitar classes at what is now like. Think a community center,
4: uh
1: huh. There
2: was a hospital there.
1: Oh, I oh what I didn't, what it okay, like around what area? It's because I live here in Fullerton, <laughs> so like I feel like I know it like the back of my hand.
2: Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head, um, but I I will let you know to the
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: backtrack that later. Yeah. So, how long, So, you were born in Fullerton, and yeah. when did you move to Anaheim? Like, how? how, yeah, I
2: was born in Fullerton, I lived in Fullerton up until. Mm, maybe like six or seven
1: okay so like elementary school mm-hmm. those are still pretty like formative years i mm-hmm. feel like transit those years oh man sixth to seventh grade those yeah, are some moving around yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you move a lot when you were growing up or were you pretty much like in the same area a little bit
2: yeah um there's nothing that i i as a kid didn't really it didn't really like hit me until i got older i was like oh like we my parents when um when they got married, we were really young, mm-hmm. so the they lived with my grandparents for a number of years, mm-hmm. and then got their own place in Fullerton. Were there for a number of years, then moved to Buena Park,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then that commute from because my mom works in Santa Ana, still does.
4: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: Um, she figured like I need to be closer to work. This is like a really long commute.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Buena Park to Santa Ana is a stretch a little is. bit. Yeah.
2: And I don't know where my dad was working at that time. They eventually moved to to the house where we're at now.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: When I was about ten, yeah, nine or ten. Um, and I remember, I, I really remember like that that part of time because there was a moment where they they sold the house in Buena Park,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we didn't have a house, so yeah. we we're living with my grandparents for a number of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I don't think I realized like what even what was going on. I was just like. Like, where
0: Where is our (laughs) (laughs) home? Where are we going home?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like uh, I've definitely had attachments to, like, where I lived before. But I didn't truly feel like um, a certain place was my home until I was... I could consciously like make those connections and that was probably like in grade school yeah Mm. and um that was Fullerton for me I like was born in the city of Los Angeles and then grew up in like the LA County area for like my preschool kind of years but I definitely um and then like Cerritos and that's still kind of LA County but very close to Orange County and then I would I would absolutely say I was like raised in Fullerton Mm. that's like my hometown for sure yeah So, very much grew up in OC.
2: Well, fun fact, (laughs) Uh, my, you know the Night Owl?
1: Yes. In downtown Fullerton. It's a little cafe. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: My dad worked, so that used to be a pawn shop.
1: Really? Yeah. For how long ago? I feel like the Night Owl has been there for a minute.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. As far as I can remember, it's always been there. Yeah, it's on that corner. Yeah. Yeah, so when when was that that your dad shop day working there?
2: This was like early nineties okay. up until wow. like maybe early late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. There was a uh there was a car accident and somebody ran through the front of the shop.
0: Oh You know what's crazy? Um the last time I was at the Night Owl, I was sitting by the window, you know, on Harbor. So I was sitting by the window and I witnessed a full-on like head-to-head collision like okay. right there <laughs> right in oh the intersection shoot. i was like oh God, should i call the cops right now <laughs> so probably I, like, yeah i called 911 and they're like oh yeah like somebody called in already i'm like okay good
1: <laughs> dang dude was everybody
2: alright? huh is everybody okay
1: yeah everybody was okay um but oh uh, yeah i'm just, glad it didn't hit you because that's pretty close like Maybe a little too close. Yeah, I just heard a <laughs> huge
0: crash. Yeah. So uh, be careful, everyone. PSA. Yeah, PSA. <laughs> <laughs> that, that intersection. Something's up.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. Downtown Fullerton, man. It's always been a rowdy place, huh? <laughs> yeah. Since the 90s. Since
2: the 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, so uh, with you back
0: here, do you feel like um, has adjusting in San Francisco, has it been easy? Has it been hard? Like. Because uh, when did you move up to San Francisco for a school?
2: July. July twenty eighteen.
0: Okay. So like uh like a, a year. Mm-hmm. It's been a year. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So how's how's that transition been?
2: Has always been easy. There are things that are that I have to do differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh like for example, there is no washer and dryer in my apartment. So I can't I can't just wash my clothes mm-hmm. or use a dryer any time of the day. And if I decide to, to use like the local laundromat then I would kind of have to keep an eye on my clothes like mm-hmm. at some parts of the day I can like go in there and drop them off and like
0: yeah
2: wash them but I can't
0: leave them there overnight yeah, yeah. right so you have to be like on top of it mm-hmm. yeah adjustment
1: that's crazy dude because I've I've grown up living with my family and uh having like laundry machines mm-hmm. were always it was never an issue because we've always had one with us at least um Maybe not when we were living like in an apartment when I was a kid, but I wasn't really like conscious of all those things, like aware of like how the laundry gets done, except for, uh, when we do them in our house. And so when I'm like, as I was getting older and I'm starting to meet like people who have their own places or, um, you know, are living away from home, Mm -hmm. like I forget, dude, those are things you need to like schedule into your everyday life. And that's, like, another thing. Yeah, on top added, of everything Yeah. Things. But, but yeah. other than that,
0: like, how's the city? How's the city life for you? It's city's
2: yeah. great. Yeah. I, I love the city. I love where I live. I, I have no complaints with, the way I, with where I'm living. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I get frustrated with, with school and school schedule. And I have to remind myself, like, if I ever get frustrated with, like, my current, like, how things are going in life, mm-hmm. like, I can't take it on the city.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: I've done that before, and I've had to tell myself, like, it's not the city the city's not creating these problems for you they're they're problems that are manifested out of like situations Mm -hmm. that you find yourself in Mm -hmm. uh from just life circumstances for sure and you have to be like really positive about like things that i only find in sf Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: things that are very particular to sf even in like like Golden Gate Park itself. I live blocks away from Golden Gate Park. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that's
1: the one place that I fail to take a walk around.
2: <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I still dream
1: about it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, I've heard great things. <laughs>
2: it's, it's amazing. Like, I mean, my apartment is like blocks away. And it's, it's so crazy to think like I can walk a few minutes over to Golden Gate Park. There are like rose gardens. There's the conservator, Conservatory of Flowers. Yeah there are lakes with, I saw like herons just kind of oh, walking around. Yeah. <laughs> there are bison.
1: Wait, what? bison?
0: Yeah. Like American bison? Yes. Like what?
1: in a zoo like type situation or are they like roaming? I think eating th- grass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think zoo types of tradition. I, oh. I actually haven't seen them, but I, I learned about this recently.
1: Yeah,
0: oh. that I, bison. what? I have to go <laughs> check. That's interesting. It out. I know. Have
1: you ever seen bison up close, though? I totally. I actually have. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was taking a trip to Catalina Island actually
0: that's so
1: rap. <laughs> yeah so no there's bison in, on Catalina Island and you know what's so funny before we went the way that they were selling Catalina Island to us was telling us we can have bison burgers <laughs> Bison burgers at Catalina. I know. By the way, Isaac is vegan, so this is like probably hurting him inside. I know. That's how they were selling it to all these like Koreans at a Korean church back in like the early 2000s, late 1990s. They were like, have you ever tried bison burgers? Well, you'll get to try them in Catalina. And so we went to Catalina Island and we're on this like tour bus. We're going up a hill. Uh, and you just see bison grazing on the sides of the road and I remember putting that t- two and two together like as we were driving there That's I'm like what we're, gonna we're supposed to be eating well th- I was like whoa because my parents were like look those are bison Joanne I was like wow they're so like cool and I saw one like pissing on the side of the road <laughs> have you ever seen a horse ping because it's the same thing yes it's it's like I, I, jet I, I, propulsion <laughs> yeah it's intense and I was like whoa and they paused they like stopped the bus for us <laughs> look at this place it's wow the side of the nature wow. nature at its uh, at its finest yeah I know but we saw that and then we got to the top of the hill and there was like this building that looked like a house and that's where they served us bison burgers. And I I was, like, eating it and putting the two and two together. And I didn't finish my burger. Uh-huh. So like I just like, saw it pissing yeah. on the side of the road, and
0: I'm eating it.
1: Yeah, I think maybe their selling point was, like, oh, this is fresh, you know? Uh-oh. I don't know. That's still sad, but, like, dang. I don't know. I hope at least they had
0: a happy life, you know, yes. on Catalina Island. Yeah, dude. Just, you know, roaming they must have been the bougie, like the bougie uh, uh,
1: bison They're the grass-fed, grass-fed, cage-free bison. Bison? Bison. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, what did you, what, um, where did you go for your undergrad?
2: I went to Council of Oh, nice. nice. Mm-hmm. nice.
0: Well, what did you major in? English. Ooh. You know, I heard um, a lot of English students do go into law yeah like uh, it's pretty split between like poly sci because you would obviously think like, Oh, you're in political science, like are you going to go to law school? But actually, a lot of English majors also go into law. I heard they're like actually pretty strong because they can write really well, yeah, yeah, so so, that's so
1: cool. How did you transition into law from being an English student? like what happened during that time period because um, you didn't jump into law school straight out of college. like what were those years in between for you like?
2: I was actually a yoga instructor for a number of years. Oh, Oh. (laughs) but
0: at which studio?
2: I taught at LA Fitness and 24 Hour Fitness.
1: Nice. Was that like something you were already doing when you were in college? I was, yeah. Oh, nice. And you you just went on to be certified Mm -hmm. and teach.
2: Well, I I got my certification. I completed it all early 2016. And from Uh 2016 up until like pretty much up until like, Days before I left SF, I was still teaching.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. Wow, that's a pretty steady, like, gig of doing, or teaching yoga. Yeah. yeah
0: especially I, at, like, 24. It. Yeah. It's just, like, all the time. Like, I, I see classes on my schedule, like, every day. You know? <laughs> 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 that's cool. Oh, yoga. Are you still practicing?
2: I, I'm i not practicing as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does bum me out a bit, because it was, it was a huge part of my life for, mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. Um, Like, doing that and like i i wouldn't say that like working at an office was something that i that i envisioned myself <laughs> yeah. doing yeah <laughs> especially with like my my background like right. when 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 i write um resumes i often include that in there cuz i think oh it's interesting to have that uh-huh. in there
1: yeah it was it's really strange because <laughs> for <laughs> as long, i've known isaac for about 2 years now and the first time that i met him was at a a house like Not a party, but you were having one of those band, yeah, house (laughs) shows. And he was literally, I was like, I wonder what kind of, I've never been to a house show before. But he literally had it set up in his garage and had some people like uh, being like coffee vendors there. Yeah. And people were just hanging out and there were like two different setups. There was like a area in the living room for a band to play. And then there was an area in his garage for a band to play. And it was literally like a normal house space. Uh wow. I'll and I met this dude. Yeah. Right now, Isaac has like shoulder length ish hair. It's wavy. But his hair was like down to his chest at the time, <laughs> yeah. He had these piercings and like he was like a buff yoga dude, and I'm like, D-. that was the first time I met this guy, <laughs> and uh, I I watched him and listened to him playing electric guitar that night, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm kind of like round, trying to round this person out, like, uh, who is this guy? And then like two years later, he's like, oh, I'm going to law school. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, I've never heard of this. Wait to break like, the stereotype. yeah. <laughs> were you Were you thinking about that at that point? Even like a couple of years ago? Kind of. Yeah. Uh,
2: so I mentioned this briefly off the podcast that in 2016, when I was watching the primary elections. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man! Aren't we all watched the primary election. <laughs> great things, uh, terrible things, and yet great things <laughs> <laughs> happened <laughs> after that year.
2: <laughs> and see we we all remember that. We all remember like what was going on at that, at that yeah. time yeah. Like,
1: mm-hmm. but just to be clear if you guys really <laughs> don't know what happened in 2016 if, if some of you are trying to repress <laughs> let us bring it back up uh, we, we had a newly elected president that year <laughs> it
0: was a very interesting campaign trail yeah uh, but yeah okay, go but ahead yeah, you, but you were saying, saying.
2: I was watching it very closely and yeah like was a, a huge Bernie supporter and you know growing up Orange County they're they're there's definitely a very conservative ideal that is there throughout most of the County.
1: Yeah. It it, it was, it's had a, it's has a, it, what am I saying? Um, it's had a history of being yeah, conservative. Red, yeah. In yeah. The red, um, Orange but, County. Cause it's, it's makeup was like very wealthy, like Caucasian families prior, like even Fullerton. I remember like yeah. that was mostly the demographic, even when I like first moved to Fullerton. And so I feel like, yeah, that's pretty conservative. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And a part of that is kind of like prompted me into going to law school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I thought to myself, I, I want to be able to get to a point where I, I feel like I can represent uh, people in my community that would definitely benefit from legal services. Mm-hmm. And I think if I want to make any effective change within my own community... Yeah, I want to be able to do it from a, a point where I know that I can. Mm-hmm. And I thought really hard about like, what would that look like? What can I do that could help somebody out? Right. Like in just a, even like the smallest way. And I thought, well, if I understand law and I can apply it in different areas, mm-hmm. then I, I definitely could do that. And that be, that was like a reality. I could see it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that, that does exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, flash forward a few months later into 2017, mm-hmm. um, I was at LAX yeah. uh, during the travel ban, and I was there amongst amongst a crowd of people that were <laughs> that were there. Um, I don't I don't know if admitting that I was in a protest is going to backfire at any, <laughs> at any point in my life, uh, but I'll. I guess I could admit it here. Um, I was there, and. I, if, if you looked out in the crowd, there were people wearing these lime green hats, like all scattered through. Mm-hmm. And they were the attorneys. Oh. The, yeah. It was really, really cool. They mm-hmm. were there helping out families that were detained. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was so inspired yeah. wow. by that. Like seeing that, I was like, wow. Like I get, I think about it now, I get shivers at my spine. Oh. <laughs>
5: um,
2: it, it was just so cool because I thought like, like this is what I was looking for. This yeah. is exactly what I, I see myself doing. Yeah. I, I want to be just like them. Um, and so it became this, it became this process of like, how do I get there? What do I do? And when you're, when you're applying to law school, mm-hmm. like there's, you know, the LSAT you need to take.
1: Yeah. and It's quite a process. It's quite a process, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember you going through that process, and I was, like, scared for you. <laughs> yeah. And this test, um, the LSATs, if you guys don't know, it,
0: how long is it? Like, four hours? Four or five hours?
2: I, I think so. I think it's about somewhere between... Three and a half to four hours,
0: and you oh can't leave. Goodness. Like you can't even go to the bathroom. Like, it's like an no. SAT can't. test. Because if you but leave, worse. you forfeit.
1: Like that's it.
2: You you can't go to the restroom. You oh. have to tell the you have the to tell pro- the proctor, doctor? and oh. then they like they walk with you to the <laughs>
1: restroom. Oh my gosh!
0: Least- <laughs> oh, I think I'm thinking about the bar. You can't leave for the bar. Oh no,
2: you I I think you can. I have heard a story about. Somebody that was like really close to being done. And I think at like at a certain point they they do tell you like you can't leave at at this time because mm-hmm. like there's only this much amount of time yeah. left. And somebody, <laughs> I heard this from another friend. Yeah, friend I'm of a friend. A friend of a friend. <laughs> uh, some person was like, well, fine, I'll just like. I'll pee in my pants. <laughs>
1: oh my. And, and did they follow through? Yeah. Cause
0: it's like, <gasps> is this what you wanted?
1: <laughs> That's what I did in kindergarten to rebel against my teacher. Hey, but so dang, close. you dude. gotta do what you gotta do. Wow. Oh
0: uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we <were laughs> we I'm, I'm just about? having
1: a mental image. Uh, right now, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, um, don't mind me. You're at
0: the uh, at LAX and you, and you saw, um, these lawyers, these attorneys in lime green hats, just helping people out, whoever needed legal services. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming for free, or for well, however much. But uh, but that's awesome. That's really cool. That that's what inspired you. To,
1: I know. Did to you this. did you ever did you like go up and talk to any of the attorneys present at the time?
2: I didn't. No, not not at that time. Mm. I.
1: But you knew what they were doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. wait, how'd you know? Like, you asked somebody, who are these people? <laughs> I,
2: I think so. Somebody had just mentioned it. Somebody there said it. I
1: pointed that out. Yeah.
2: That's cool. And I
0: am sure there's, like, signs, and they're, like, probably wearing TV
2: Yeah, there, there was that. Definitely was that. There were people I am there an that
0: attorney like, <laughs> <laughs> for illegal services. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me. Uh, but actually, but true. Um would cool sure. Which I love. Which I really um, is inspiring whenever I see the news, and it's very dark, and you're like, "What, what is this world coming to? Yeah. But you you see people who are actually actively doing something about it and they're using their, their skill sets or their talents or their experiences to help people. That's what really makes me feel like, okay, like everything's going to be okay. Like, mm. yes, it looks really dark and things are really crappy right now, but there are people out there who are doing what they can to make yeah. this place better and they're doing what they can to improve um, the situation or, or wherever they're at. Um, on Like, yeah, it, it inspires me to... To be like, okay, it's okay. Like everything's gonna yeah. be okay, and I just need to do my part um, and and voice whatever it is that I feel and, and and get out there as well. So that's cool that
1: you know you had that experience. Yeah, as well. and you know what's what's hard about like just because we did brush on politics, like what's difficult about politics, especially when it comes to people who are younger, uh, maybe in like their twenties or early twenties or even younger than that, is that it's not very. It's not very approachable for most people. Like the closest thing you'll get to politics is like what you see on the news, like major news channels, or at least this is what I saw growing up or like government class in high school and no, and it was like a requirement. So nobody really cares about it. And you take it in your senior year, so exactly. really no one So yeah, it. it's like yeah, you're not even really present. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I I don't think uh, politics is really easy to relate to until it somehow crosses over like in your life, like it. Um, there's like a really relative issue to maybe like your family life or your personal life or situation where you're like, Oh shoot. Yeah, this does matter. And um, I, I at least grew up for the most part, not really wanting to get involved into politics. I remember very like consciously thinking like, man, I really don't care what party, like what is going on? Like it's just not something of interest to me, but I think What's really cool about the flip side of (laughs) elections like the 2016 election is that there is – it's encouraging to see that there is a flip side, that there is a positive response um, from people who are younger. And, like, I do think that popular, like, mainstream media has a lot to do with why – more people are uh Endaged. hearing things and are exposed to things that are happening um in politics like currently but I also think it's really cool. Like I have uh quite a few friends who are around my age um who are also pursuing law and I mean they're doing law for different reasons but um I remember like I, I have a friend um she she went to school here but I think she had like a student visa And she had to go back to Korea at some point. But I remember her switching career or like thinking in her head and kind of switching in her mind like career paths. Um, And she decided she wanted to go into law. And uh, she actually was working in a law firm in or interning. Uh, in SF for a little while after she graduated college and then she had to go back to Korea because her visa expired but she's actually coming back to do law school at Santa Barbara um, really soon Mm -hmm. and I remember when I visited her in Korea um, and I just saw her for a couple days at the time uh, there was a lot of um, protests happening in Korea. There were people on the streets like handing out flyers, like trying to talk to young people. Like, I was like a senior in college at the time, and um, there were these women like wearing certain sashes and like, you know, headbands and saying things. And, you know, I'm Korean and I would say I'm like pretty, like, I can have a, com- a conversation with, uh, or in Korean. Um, But they were saying like jargon and lingo that I don't really understand. And that did pertain to what was happening politically in Korea at the time. And I just kind of like found that that it was really it is invasive, you know, like protests and like people kind of, you know, spreading the word and awareness on the streets. So for me, I just kind of wanted to like get through and just have a good time with my friend. But um, my friend at the time, she actually I saw her behavior and she uh, went up to the person who was like handing out flyers and was actually asking them like genuine questions like and looking at what they were protesting and that's when I kind of knew like oh like this is she's she actually cares about what's happening and so um, yeah I think it's super encouraging to hear like you know young people are getting inspired I still consider you young you know quarter life it's all good (laughs) it's uh, still still (laughs) uphill from here yes yes
0: Uh, funny story because I actually in college I thought about I like I entertained the idea of going to law school, mm-hmm. but I quickly realized, like, I don't know if this is the right thing for me. But I, I did help. Um So, like, during my classes, I did help my professor set up what, what, what was it called? Um, A Center for First Amendment Studies. And so we did a lot of case studies on First Amendment, like, Supreme Court First Amendment cases. And I'm like, this is really interesting. And I got really into it. And then I started to really realize what it takes to get into law school. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm, like, that into studying law law. Because you have to study, like, everything, especially for the California bar. It's the, it's the
1: hardest to pass. Really? California's. Yeah,
0: California's artists. Wow. From what I've heard. I don't know if you can you can tell me if I'm wrong. That's completely fine.
2: <laughs> I, I think the I think it's true. I think like in the last couple of years, like the percentile of people passing was like somewhere at thirty percent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. So even From if like you- people
2: all all throughout the state
1: yeah, well, yeah. I, it's a big chance you're taking you know mm-hmm. like even with all that schooling <laughs> and all that yeah. debt
0: <laughs> um so yeah so you were saying you you got inspired by that and that's how you decided to pursue law is that yeah it? yeah great and 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 do you feel like uh when you got to law school um like were there any expectations that you had or things that you thought would be one way but when you got there you're like oh this is not this I, it's unexpected, or it's something that you didn't think. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you wanna.
2: Yeah, I. Um, open up. Yeah. I, <laughs> that
1: portion, it's a safe space, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just letting all the trauma out. That's <laughs> <No>, okay. <laughs> well, I I thought that I would have, I thought I would have more time to do things that, I I kind of I put off throughout some of my college. Like, oh, like I'm moving to a new new city. I want to really, I really want to like invest more time into this, like my music and art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go out to the city. I have friends that, that live in SF or moved to SF like during undergrad. Mm-hmm. And I want to really make this my home. Yeah. yeah. And I realized that I couldn't dedicate as much time as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. That there's going to be a lot of time, like, even though the school day is going to be nine till about 3 or so or 4 there is reading to do afterwards yeah or maybe that maybe there's something else that that you need right. to do
4: mm-hmm.
2: and then even on the weekends it's like well you should be studying for <laughs> for <laughs> right. next week
0: Damn. it's like the voice <laughs> in the back of your head <laughs> yeah you could go out or you could finish this reading yeah, yeah. this 300 page reading that you need to do
1: I heard grad school from uh, another friend who is in grad school as well, not for a lot, for something else, but he was just uh, sharing with me like grad school, like the difficulty level of understanding the material is not that, it's not that hard, but it's just the sheer amount of work that Mm -hmm. you have to get done is like another level, which (laughs) makes me seriously think about (laughs) whether I want to go to grad school, which I, you know, idealistically, yes, um, because I, I love, I value education, but at the same time, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> that's a commitment. <laughs> I really yeah. need to be sure about <laughs> whether I want to choose that, uh, subject also to study or commitment. not. Oh, huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, it's like the prime years of your life yeah. that you're <laughs> yeah, <I think> studying <laughs> during. So
2: I've watched all my friends, like my friends that aren't, uh, in graduate school, like Living their best lives, and I'm like,
1: yeah, dude, that's me. I just
2: Joanne living her best life, yeah.
1: and like, <laughs> I <shook my> fist. <laughs> And I'm like, over here, living the the fun life, and being like, dude, Isaac, you know, I'm living curiously through you. <laughs> I wish I was in grad school. Not really, though.
5: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know the grad. No,
1: it really is. Yeah. So, what would you say? I think like we ha- we've had conversations where you've told me like, dude. <laughs> this is really hard. And like you've, I think there are weeks where, yeah, dude, I give you props for staying positive and finding ways to stay positive, um, and encouraged and proactive in the midst of your, your like transition to being a grad student and really like, you know, living in the grind. Um, but what, yeah, besides like maybe adjusting, like making adjustments to your schedule what are some like other challenges that really make made it tough for you at least like this first year and maybe like this summer too with like the internship because I think I'd still count that as your first year right definitely yeah Yeah.
2: I I would say that Going into law school, I was not an organized person whatsoever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying yes. Like, yeah, dude, you you were like a mess. No, no, no. But like, I get it, totally. dude. My yeah, my life is shambles. <laughs> Where's your planner, Isaac? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, yeah.
2: And I've I've had to learn, like, almost to be. A, a type A person where, like, I have to get things organized. I have to do things a certain yeah. way and, like, handle stress and pressure mm-hmm. and do it, like, as it comes at me. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, even today, I, I had a clinic that I was working at. And at some point, we had some problems are coming up with, like, uh, getting on the forms. Mm-hmm. And my supervisor looked at me and was like, we might need a Southern client home early today if, like, we're going to, if we can't
4: finish yeah. up. Yeah. yeah,
2: And I looked at him and I said, no,
4: mm-hmm. like,
2: yeah. this is my, this is the person that, that's telling me like what we're supposed yeah. right. to be doing. And I'm like, no, like, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to figure this out yeah. and I'm going to figure it out and mm-hmm. we're going to continue forward. Um, and that was just my response at that moment. Because I was like, I, I learned really well, like in, in that process of, yeah. of like the grind of like how to handle that pressure and just like be okay with like those instances like yeah what what can you really do that you can't get too upset about like
1: yeah yeah um you I, and I only bring this up because you've brought it up to me when when I visited you in SF but you were saying like um there were times uh there are times in school you feel like uh you have a hard time maybe fitting in oh, to definitely. uh your the people in your section um Is and so your septum ring <laughs> <laughs> Isaac has a septum ring, it but I totally, totally did. Really yeah. Badass, but, but it's definitely it not like <laughs> the typical law student look, you know? Yeah. Isaac has like tats, pretty much like. <laughs> Uh, upper torso is all tats (laughs) that's a guy who you want defending you (laughs) a public defender for sure dude (laughs) Um, no but yeah uh, you were mentioning like there were struggles in that too like feeling like fitting in and what could you um, maybe specify what you were meaning by that
2: yeah I I, th- I think, like, uh, what Michelle just brought up right now with the second yeah. ring is... <laughs> <laughs> an example, <laughs> an totally, example. yeah. It's just a tiny bit, because, like, when I got into school, again, like, you have to think, like, at- this is a... It tends to be, like, a very, like, professional setting. Right. Right. Um, so I'm coming in there, long hair, tattoos all over, the pa- all over the place, and I think there was this, like, perception at times that, like, Oh, I don't know if this dude really
0: or he's serious about it yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um and that discouraged me mm, a lot because yeah. I felt like nobody said it up front to me but I would feel it at times right um and have another good friend of mine in that, that was in the same class as me that that has a similar appearance and kind of felt that way as well and I was like it's real like yeah. we feel it mm-hmm. or at least like it's in our head we, we think that way about it um and I I really had to like fight with that a bit. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't cut my hair because of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> my hair. Um, I eventually got to a point where I was like, I want a new fresh. Yeah. yeah. So it's um,
0: shoulder length right now. I know people can't see it, but it's it's a nice shoulder length. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a little bob. Yeah, I love bobs. Looks great. <laughs> Um, I have one myself. Twizzies, <laughs> <these, with> <laughs> Get bangs, Isaac. We'll be twins. Have
2: um, been considering getting a mullet? No. <laughs>
1: Never. The
3: mullets um, coming back.
1: I can enjoy from afar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, that must be really challenging because for yeah. a lot of reasons, I must. I can imagine already there being like internal conflicts of like, everybody's looking at me. Um, Everyone's judging me. Discouraging. Hella discouraging. And um, I feel like I would be afraid of um, already being at a disadvantage, being like perceived a certain way by my professors and like um, people who are, who I'm working for. I feel like if I didn't fit into that, like image of uh, what a law student should look like or typically does look like or um, behaves or thinks, um, then you're already kind of at a disadvantage, you know? Yeah. Would you agree, or um, what are your thoughts on that? D-
2: definitely, yeah. especially with coming from, from a background where I didn't really have anybody in my family that that went to law school.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Well, I can't say really, like my, I have an uncle that did you, go to law school.
0: Right, you said mm-hmm. your in-law, like uh, your uncle-in-law. Uh,
2: un- uncle who married, into, married the
0: family. into
2: the family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only person that I that I knew. Uh, so I I didn't really have a perception of like how things were were mm. going to be and I was never anybody that was like oh very business professional looking. Yeah. Um so getting into it I was like I was shocked a bit. I was just kind of like I I didn't know who really to reach out to or yeah. talk to about some yeah. of this stuff because it's like who who do I talk to about yeah. this? Mm. And that uh, that turned out to be my my peers my my cohort the people that I would that were in the class with me yeah. and just like sharing that um, and I think USF has a really great environment for that where you're able to like actually have these conversations mm-hmm. I can't say that about every law right. school
3: because
2: mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that competition it just like eats away at people yeah, yeah. Uh, but USF you know has a pretty good community I would say mm-hmm.
1: that's awesome. That's really cool, dude. So do you feel like um, differently now? Like you feel a little better um, about, you know, not feeling. <laughs> how do you feel differently? Like, do you feel like you fit in better or do you yeah, feel like overcame. your perspective has mm-hmm. changed? Yeah. Or are you riding the wave or um, how has that situation changed for you?
2: I think. Yeah, definitely. I think it's gone better. I've definitely made friends within the school. Yeah. Um, and that's been a lot, a lot Nicer to have, like yeah. having somebody to like talk to about any any problems where I'm just like I don't know, like I'm I'm stressed, yeah, and I'm having identity crisis.
5: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a lot, dude. It really like you're faced with a lot of different things where um you're, <laughs> yeah, you ask yourself a lot of like identity questions mm. and like, am I what am I doing here kind of questions and. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And also, but to put things in perspective, it was your first year, you know, and you were in like neck deep until yeah, <laughs> a lot of work at the time. I'm sure it was
2: first year, whole new city, hardly knew anybody there. Yeah. Um, and Joanna and I talked about this a little bit. Uh, even within the the Latinx community. Mm-hmm. I felt a little disconnected, Mm -hmm. um, at, at different Mm -hmm. points, uh, because I second generation, I've joked about this before, about being one and a half generation Mm -hmm. because my my mom is, is, was born in in Mexico. My dad is born here. So one and a half.
1: (laughs) Wait, so what would your dad be then? He would be a second generation himself? First generation. Oh, for being born here? Wait, I thought, okay, so here's my, what I'm confused about. <laughs> I, I said when we did our first podcast, I was like, oh my God, we're both like first generation Koreans to like America. <laughs> but I heard it's actually second. Yeah. I, uh, well, I'm second because my parents are immigrants. Mm-hmm. And I was born here. So I would be the second generation. Michelle, on the other I am, hand.
0: I am technically first because I was born in South technically, Korea. Technically, yeah. But I came when I was two, so I'm more like 1. 1. 1.8. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. All yeah. these decimals and I know, right? <laughs> I'm real. like, let's <laughs> just technical. use whole numbers,
0: guys. Let's round. Yeah, I'm technically technically first Yeah, gen. Or I would consider myself just because I moved here uh, from a different country. Mm-hmm. So I would be first gen.
1: Technically first gen, but... Yeah but i guess okay i guess the decimals all right that's great <laughs> all right all right No, but, uh okay so yeah you which you, you'd, you'd be second here. gen mm-hmm. yeah You're born here born yes. here yeah mm-hmm. um and how is that how how is that experience being second gen um mexican yes yeah um yeah in usf law school <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i my upbringing was definitely Americanized, and I, I didn't, I don't think I really considered it all too much mm-hmm. until I was confronted with it, mm-hmm. in in trying to fit in with Latinx community, no, and then just, going out mm. to the salsa nights, yeah. and everybody around me is singing all the words of the songs, and I'm like,
4: oh. I don't know Spanish
2: that well to like know all these songs. Yeah. I've like heard these songs, but I don't know all the words.
3: Right,
2: mm. um, and I felt a little like in in that instance like i felt like
1: out of place yeah that's so
0: strange because you're like we're the same but i feel so different
1: yeah i remember feeling well i guess something i can relate to that like that kind of feeling was i'm growing up like i remember my cousins who are just like two and three years older than me uh they had moved here from korea and that's when they were about like maybe in like upper upper uh grade school and like junior high age and um they were telling us like there's a certain term for koreans who were born in america and they're called itones and uh there's this whole thing where like people who are born in korea and from korea don't like Wow. yeah there's this like there's it's some tension. Huge, yeah, there's tension. And so even when you go to Korea, they can pick you out from a crowd. Like, you're not, you are born in America. Like, yeah, you're Korean, but you're not Korean. You know, like, not Korean enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, not Korean and like, enough. Yeah, and I, that, that made me sad because I'm really proud to be Korean. <laughs> and not because, not like a silly, like, KP, you know, Korean pride. Not, like, to be silly about that. But I, I do really appreciate and, like, have a uh, respect for, um, yeah. My grand, my grandparents' like heritage and like the history that they came from. I'm not really like proud of every single thing about Korean culture necessarily, but I am um, very curious about it because it, it is personal to me. You know, like it, it is a part of my identity and my upbringing. But it was really strange to hear from uh, my cousins who are family, like blood relatives, like bring that up. You know, or like they had said, I don't think they don't do that anymore, but. Um there was a very clear distinction that they made that I am some a Korean born in America, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I'm like, I look like you though. <laughs> we go out, if we go outside, they'll they'll think we're related. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um so you're going to head into your second year of law school soon. Mm-hmm. Um what you know, after having gone through the trenches the first year, what are kind of like your expectations and how are you preparing yourself for the second year? And, um, do you feel like you're better prepared this time around?
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, we have joked a little bit about like, Oh, the, the work that goes into law school yeah. and, um, taking on the tests and everything. Mm-hmm. But this uh, internship that I've been at this last summer has given me like a really good perspective on what to expect, mm-hmm. because law school I think makes it like makes it much more challenging than it really should be. Even even the bar and every other test you're gonna take in the middle of that uh-huh. makes it seem like you're gonna be doing all this work and all this reading and all this stuff, and then when you're actually working when you're actually applying the law in real life situations mm-hmm. it's like there's work there's quite a bit of work to do mm-hmm. uh, i not gonna lie about that like there there's gonna be time that you have to dedicate to mm-hmm. this but it's a lot more realistic yeah. a lot more manageable you're not working in like 50 different subjects you're working with just one area yeah and you're you your client uh, or your clients that you that you take on the clients that you have mm-hmm. Um, like you'll you'll manage it and you'll have like you know different things you're going to do in a day uh for one person or for multiple people Uh and it it's it looks a lot more realistic and manageable manageable yeah in the work setting yeah and that's something that i that's been so nice and relaxing yeah
1: (laughs) it's like a (laughs) breath of relief yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: like i I was telling people at the telling the 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 office manager at the office this recently she was like oh are you glad to go back to school and I was like no
1: <laughs> yeah are you crazy <laughs> have you been to school <laughs> yeah you're it's definitely like daunting I can imagine but I feel like now you have a better understanding of like your footing in it all you know definitely yeah
0: do you feel like your um your background your identity does it kind of bleed into your law career like do you feel like there are influences that, whether propel you or like influence you or like help you have a certain perspective, um, in in your law career? I would. Yeah.
2: Definitely say that it would. Um, when, when I think about the type of law that I want to get into mm-hmm. or what interests me in getting getting in into law school, mm-hmm. I often think about my my own community and the the people that I want to represent, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are going to look just like me yeah. Um, and so it's it's cool like today in one of the clinics I was sitting across from somebody um, and just to give like a little bit of detail like what, what I'm doing in these clinics like I'm yeah. working on expungement so these are people that have a criminal history and mm-hmm. helping them get these dismissals off their record or expungements off their record mm-hmm. or on uh, getting stuff expunged off their record uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so that way they have an easier time Uh, applying for jobs or getting licenses for things. Um, And legal aid does, or at least in the legal aid that I work in, like they're, they have a whole department for that and they, they try their best to work in, in areas that are going to be impoverished Mm -hmm. and with people that are like very low income. Mm -hmm. And I often think to myself, like it, it doesn't matter um, so much what i'm doing now as opposed to my my own history and background um in in trying to really relate with these people yeah because they're gonna look at me and think like like he's another person in a suit or something or a person wearing a tie or something
3: yeah
2: um and then the minute that that barrier just drops down where you're like so tell me about you yeah and let's like let's find like some common ground here and yeah. just like, like I'm, I'm going to help you out as best as I can in, in this Yeah. in, in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, um, uh, again, like going back to, to the question about like, um, how do you deal with people that, that look at you as, as young or, or this way? Like how, yeah. do you, how do you, how do you build that trust? Mm-hmm. How do you gain that trust? Yeah. I think it's really like from the get go establishing, like we are, we're going to provide this service for you and, um, in in the area that I'm working at, it's it's a lot easier because people are coming uh, from difficult situations mm-hmm. where they're like, they want the help, they want yeah. the assistance, mm-hmm. and so they're they're not gonna try to like argue with you about yeah. anything.
1: Right, right, right. So, do you think that you're gonna be doing law after you finish law school? Like, after you are you gonna you're gonna take the bar exam, and are you gonna maybe open a private practice, or what? What do you think? Or is that like a little that's like far ahead and you're not really thinking too far ahead right now
2: uh no i I've, I've thought about it uh-huh. a bit um, like <laughs> I have through usF an interview uh, with public defenders for for internship for next summer uh-huh uh-huh like a whole
1: year later <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Competitive. <laughs> you have to start that process now? Yeah. Wow. You really have to stay on your toes. There's so many things that you're juggling at, at, like, one time, I feel like. Like, even in the span of this summer, um, just figuring out a day to even, like, hang out as friends, you know, and catch up. Like, um, I remember, you know, like, us throwing those ideas out there. Yeah, let's hang out. And then, like, when it came to, like, figuring out a time, it's like, It felt like there was, I remember like, I've never seen Isaac like this where Mm -hmm. there's, it just seems like there's clearly like a lot of things on your plate and that you're trying to shuffle and juggle around so that you can like optimize your time Mm -hmm. um, and still be like a responsible (laughs) (laughs) intern, you know? (laughs) 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 Dang, dude, it's a struggle bus. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh, I saw Joanne about a week ago uh, and I touched on this very, very lightly Mm -hmm. and I'll I'll make a small tangent out of this, but <laughs> <laughs> it, you're you're right about like having to juggle things around. Mm-hmm. And something that I that I've noticed uh, in myself, and I think can happen a lot in in a lot of professional settings, not just the legal world, is that we get so caught up in the work that we're doing. And it's mm-hmm. like I have to do this. I have to do this. Um, that I, I feel at times I've been placing my my own happiness on the side, mm-hmm. and yeah. I have to like after you by myself like no you you need that too like mm-hmm. you, you can't just like keep yourself like in this little ditch of like i need to be doing these things mm-hmm. um and so that means hanging out with my friends yeah. that means right. making time to like do all those different things yeah it's and, like
1: remembering that you're a person yeah. you know
0: mm-hmm. work-life balance yeah it's important
1: yeah. Uh, is that what adulting is, guys? Like,
0: <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> yeah, some days, there are days where I have to, there's, oh there God. are like days I have to like schedule like nothing where it's like, this is the Saturday between one and four. Where I'm just going to do nothing and I'm just going to rest and yeah. read yeah. or whatever I want to do. But yeah, that's the challenge of being an adult. <laughs> yeah. You have to like plan for fun a little bit. But. A little
1: bit. What are some things that you do? personally, to maintain, like, your mental, emotional, even, like, physical health and sanity. (laughs) 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 Maintain your sanity. Yeah. Maintain your sanity. (laughs) And And stay positive, you know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of them is doing stuff like this.
1: Uh, Okay, yeah.
2: Like, I I have to... I, I love hanging with my friends. Yeah. And I think this is a very... Healthy way of maintaining my sanity I think if I just kept to myself I would just go insane Go insane, <laughs> yeah <laughs> This definitely is, is, a, is a very Healthy and positive thing um, That I've been trying to do more of
0: Yeah mm-hmm. Do you still play music? You said, um, I know we talked about it before That you like had a house show And, and you played the electric Do you still play
2: here I do. and there? Well, definitely practicing just in my own bedroom.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I do want to get back to eventually, like, have my own little workstation and recording my own stuff.
1: Nice. I, I know. Austin's, like, Austin's like giving yes. him the thumbs up. He's <laughs> like, I'll get you, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which was asking about the doll and everything because I'm, I'm interested in it. I, I don't know too much about the recording side of things, but I, I do want to invest some time into it. I bought a. Now it's just me and Austin talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like having a conversation.
1: Hello, <laughs> we're here. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> I I bought um, a native instrument machine.
1: <laughs> what is that? I don't know <laughs> idea what that is. But like, like, oh, okay. you know, she, yeah. Oh, but okay. you want to fill us in?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I bought that a while back, and I eventually want to want to like start having like I want to have an actual. Hobby that I can go yeah, to, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: just to unwind. Because you're like not just a intellectual dude; you're <laughs> a creative person. Yeah. Uh, you're, I would consider you an artist and um, somebody, yeah, somebody who like appreciates art. And how I know is one like the art on your body, like <laughs> the tattoos that you've chosen and uh, the artists that you've chosen and promote. You know, uh, I can see that you have like a pretty healthy. Uh, respect and appreciation for it, mm-hmm. um, and definitely music too. You know, of course.
2: Also, small plug, Joanne, Big Ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> if
1: Thank if you,
0: all four listeners. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Listen to the uh, previ- previous uh, previous Episode couple episodes. Yeah. Talk
0: about that. Do you have like a favorite tattoo or like anything that's like, if you wanted to like pick one that has like the most significance? Yeah.
1: Which one would you it's say? like pretty, pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, cri- oh, what's what's the word? What? Integral what? to your identity, <laughs> I suppose. All of them are. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's permanent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to. yeah. No, you're gonna have to live with that choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but sometimes when I look at like uh, you know blogs and things and some people's choices in their tats I'm like
1: oh you're gonna regret that one (laughs) (laughs) just wait like five years (laughs) not relevant anymore
0: (laughs) Uh, but yeah is there one that you like have a you know an affinity to like a strong affinity to
2: I say the first one Mm. the first one that I got and I've gone through different stages of like wanting to get part of it covered up Mm -hmm. um to like being really dismissive of it because it's a religious tattoo mm. and I'm not very religious, mm-hmm. not at least not anymore. And it's a, a signifying part of, of my life where I, I look at it and I'm like, Oh, that, that is me. Yeah. Or the, I can't even really say was me. Cause it, it's still me. Like it's still me, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. on my body.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and I, I definitely went through a phase where I was like, I should get at least the religious part. It's a, it's a lion with a scroll in its mouth that says mm-hmm. Relations 5-5. Five five. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, what if I got the scroll covered up or 5-5 five five covered up or part of it covered up so it just doesn't look <laughs> religious anymore? Yeah. Um, I toyed with that idea and I almost did it. And a couple years ago, I was in Nicaragua. I was there for a couple weeks mm-hmm. and I was on a bus with other people and somebody pointed out a poster inside the bus mm-hmm. with a lion and beneath it revelations five, five.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? That's coincidence. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? That's wild.
2: And it's like, it's a totally obscure part of the Bible. Yeah. And like, I would never imagine seeing it anywhere at all in my
1: Especially
2: life. on a bus. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> in a different part of the world. world. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, dude.
2: And so now it's like, well, it's a little reminder of like you're on the right track.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like don't be ashamed of any part of your past.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You're, you're who you are. People mm-hmm. will see that.
4: Yeah. yeah,
1: that's good. I like that. It's really good Ding dude. I I love that. Um, when people go into and and really find out like or at least hone into what their passions are as they get older, or if you're lucky if, and you figure it out when you're a bit younger, like uh, there's a whole there's like, um more well-rounded people that come into these professions. I think when you finally realize like, oh yeah, this is like what I want to get involved with. And I think, you know, at first it might be super discouraging. Like if you don't look like the typical X, Y, Z person in a certain profession, but I think, I think I told you this last time too. Like, but I think it's awesome that, um, you are specifically a law student at USF and you're looking into going in, uh, into this career path, or you are on this career path because uh, you have a very specific background um, and you're bringing something super unique to the table and a perspective that, like, the person sitting next to you doesn't have. Um, and I think that's advantageous for the people that you could potentially help in the future, you know? Thank you. Yeah, dude. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, the more perspectives that we can get, the more like voices that we can get on on you know, wh- whatever field, whether it be law or in the medical field or wherever it is that you're anyone's at. The yeah. more perspective, I can only see it being an enriching, uh, you know, it, it being beneficial. Being, yeah, beneficial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: Well, a couple of years ago, I I won't name what school it is.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> a couple of years ago, I was taking. Um, I was going to take the LSAT mm-hmm. very, very soon, and I was going to a certain school to study. And in in their law school, I saw framed photos of their graduating class for every year. And mm-hmm. we're looking at all the photos and thinking, like trying to find somebody that looked like me,
4: yeah, yeah, and it
2: would go down like year by year by year and I just couldn't find right. anybody That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. and I thought to myself like I, I want to be that person mm-hmm. when the when a kid 10, 20, 30 years from now opens yeah. up a pamphlet and thinks I want to go to law school yeah. I'm thinking about this mm-hmm. can look at it and say oh that guy looks like me
0: yeah yeah like, representation is, is big like even we kind of like talked about it in one of our other episodes as well but like when you're younger you don't really connect the dots of how it impacts you of like how you can envision yourself like doing this or doing that but it really does matter it really matters that you are exposed to hey like I can look like this and do this. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no limitations as long as I'm disciplined and I, uh, you know, achieve these goals. Like this is attainable. Um, But like you have to be exposed to that and, and and be able to even wrap your mind around seeing yourself there. So yeah, yeah, like having more representation in anything to me is a plus. Yeah. It's the, it's the way forward.
1: Yeah, those connections or, like, lack of connections are obviously, like, things that are happening on the on a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I think they're super important. And that's why, like, representation is, I think, a big deal. And it does matter. And it is significant because it does do something psychologically to a person and, like, to people groups. And um, a lack of representation also does something, you know? Definitely. Um, and I feel like it does put a mental cap or, like, yeah, some sort of a cap on, um, on a person who doesn't see themselves like him or herself or however you would identify, um, represented. Like it, it, it kind of you can't envision yourself doing something, yeah. um, or at least it makes it a lot more difficult uh, to see yourself doing something. And it's you know what's uh, I think special about uh, representation as an issue is that you don't see too much of that in. I I actually I'm making an assumption here, but I feel like representation is such a hot topic topic in a place like America, because there are so many people with different backgrounds and um, most people, (laughs) if not everybody's parent is like, or grandparent or somebody is an immigrant, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why it's, it is a very specific issue to this country. Um, But yeah, dude, it's really cool to see like uh, a mid, a guy in his mid twenties, um, who was Second a generation instru- Who was a yoga instructor Exactly Second generation <laughs> uh, Mexican um, But was born pretty You know Americanized um, Like what he brings To the table And obviously that's like Not all of you As a person But like um, Those are at least The things that people See mm-hmm. up front yeah. You know When yeah. they see you um but yeah i think it's a positive yeah yeah yeah, definitely i i think so too Mm -hmm. and i know uh earlier you
0: mentioned that you know you wanted to get into law to represent your community um and how do you feel like there are like what type of communities do you feel like the most need like i guess like representation representation. and i know you kind of earlier off the podcast too like before recording, you kind of mentioned that there were things that you felt really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, so if we want to, you know, I want to open up that space for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I, I think something that I've realized in working with, with legal aid, um, is, well, answer your question first. So I, I'd say that the community that I, that I want to work with is Southern California mostly Mm because it's where I grew up. The community of like my own peers and mm-hmm. family and everybody down here which is why I've been trying to like figure out like what my career path would look like
4: yeah
2: and up here mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I really really enjoy SF but when I think like who am I going to advocate for who or yeah. at least who would I
4: mm-hmm.
2: who would I feel so strongly passionate about it'd mm-hmm. be like everybody that I really grew up with yeah, yeah. Um, and in working in legal aid I've, I've noticed that like the impoverished communities are often just so; they're placed in circumstances where it's it's really difficult to to find stability and mm-hmm. to get to positions where they they are just able to live. Yeah, right. Um, I would definitely say that I I am privileged to just have grown up with a family that could. Give me, or
1: that gave the, you that gave me access to yeah.
2: to getting to this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my parents didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the first in my family to have to have completed uh, getting my bachelor's degree, and then going to law school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister is solely following in his footsteps. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and Isaac's like, better think twice, girl, oh, <laughs> before you, you pull really the trigger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's a. It's really cool to, to have that support, mm-hmm. because I can, I can see a little bit of, of their own history, yeah, like in the stories that they tell me,
4: mm-hmm.
2: in stories that my grandparents tell me, in stories that my, my uncle, the, the attorney, like tells me. yeah, uh, like for, for example, he had told me one time at his own job, like several years ago after becoming an attorney. Um, somebody made some comment about how he did something good. Yeah, something great in his work, and they said not bad for a kid that grew up in the barrio. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's. I, I think about moments like that where mm-hmm. it's like. We we still need representation in yeah. in. In Latino communities, we need representation in, uh, in communities of color.
4: Mm-hmm. We need
2: representation in in impoverished communities because they, they need the assistance and the help.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, off the podcast, I mentioned, uh, homelessness issues. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: And I think that, that is also another hot topic
3: Mm -hmm.
2: because we, when we think of, of homelessness, we often think of like, well, what sort of resources do we have to, to give aid? Right. and, oftentimes the the answer is going to be not a lot right and it's it's really really unfortunate that we don't have enough resources yeah to to freely give right um, to the people that, that need it the most mm. yeah. which is why stuff like legal aid exists because we we know that people are in positions where it's like yeah you can't mm-hmm. afford this yeah and we just need we want you to get to a point where you're stable like right. you, can, you can just like you can just live yeah you you have a house you have a job you have stability to just continue living
4: yeah
2: um and we have worked very diligently within the the office that i work in Mm -hmm. to to provide uh access to that um
1: access to like um, do you, is it mostly working with like basic needs for a person? Um, like, is that what you guys mainly work with or work uh, for uh, like your clients or is it more like a holistic kind of thing? It, it or w- you said sp- uh, specifically it's, you guys are working with expungement, right? Well,
0: your sec, your, your, your department. Yeah. Yes. And there are like multiple departments.
2: Yes. Oh,
1: area. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: Well, my department, uh, does uh re-entry stuff so we touch on on criminal law huh and then other departments will work in in housing some mm-hmm. immigration stuff yeah uh in different uh different communities of homelessness within Los Angeles County
1: mm-hmm.
2: but a lot of that tends to like tie in together weave in together right so yeah so we'll have like a client that might need help with one thing and another thing mm in separate areas of law yeah.
4: yeah
2: um and i began to see that like it's there there's just so many inc- interconnecting factors yeah. in, in like helping a person out
4: yeah
2: of like okay they are in an, an impoverished community they don't have a lot um there isn't much for them here mm-hmm. to have a stable um life mm-hmm. and to have a, a very like positive uh, future yeah and that might put them in a position where a, they end up in a not so great circumstance mm-hmm. they get convicted for something
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then suddenly that's on their record right um, and then because of that now they can't work
0: right exactly. so it's like a, it's like a cycle yeah mm-hmm. and they're just sort of like caught in a loop. Exactly. um, Yeah, and I I realized, too, if when you're there and you don't, we always talk about, like, oh, well, they can just get a job. Or, like, that's a lot of. Why don't they find a job? job. Like, that's a lot of what I hear uh, when people talk about, like, you know, when they see someone that's homeless or transient or whatever um you want to label it uh but it's it's so much harder than just like getting a job there are so many different factors like you mentioned even like maybe they have a criminal history maybe they don't have access to housing um um, like facilities
1: right and it's like you have to look a certain you have to look a certain way or have the right um clothing or whatever to obtain a job uh you have to put down an address for a lot of employment like employers require you to write an address down when you're yeah. if you didn't notice yeah. that on your job applications
0: exactly and I think a lot of those struggles that um, people who are homeless or, or people who struggle uh, who live in improv- impoverished communities we don't really get to see like their perspective or like what their true struggles are right um, living really you know we I would say we're pretty well off yeah or, you know. So,
1: And I I think uh, because now I'm like watching, there are a lot of like crime related or slash people who are who have like criminal uh, history kind of TV shows. (laughs) I feel like I have a little better understanding that it is truly difficult to uh, find a job and keep a job um, that have fair working conditions and, you know, are paying you a fair like a, a reasonable amount for living wages um if you have a criminal yeah, record sure. like there i mean there's already like a social stigma attached to it but um on top of that all the odds are against you like yeah. literally all the odds yeah. and it's very difficult like unless you have like some golden opportunity that you come across one day um i feel like at least systematically it's it's yeah you know, yeah, everything's and, against you. And I would,
0: uh, I would think like you wouldn't even know where to get help. And so you sort of just accept exactly. that as your reality and you sort of live uh, with, without even knowing what your rights are and even knowing that there is a way out of this cycle or that there are people out there who, who are willing to help you, who want, who want you to succeed, who want yeah. you to help. But when, yeah, when you kind of get stuck in that mentality, like, okay, there's like nothing else. This is the best. This is my life now. And you just kind of get stuck there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm glad that there are organizations like Legal Aid and there are organizations that are doing what they can to help people break out of that cycle. It's
2: a small plug. (laughs) (laughs) If you are uh, in not so great circumstances and you'd help, definitely check out... um, your local department of social services. See if you can get on any sort of general relief or social security disabilities uh, to help out your situation. Um, if you have any trouble at, at all with any, or if you have any legal issues that need to be resolved, check out your local legal aid. See if you can help through that. <laughs> if you have traffic tickets, know that you have rights for that too. Oh,
1: dang. Yeah. I want to know my rights for the ticket I got the other day. No, I'm <laughs> <kidding>.
0: but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, like, even that, like, that's still, like, let, you know, um, being homeless doesn't necessarily mean that you, like, don't have anywhere to live. It, mm-hmm. it could mean that you just don't have, like, a permanent residence. See, like, those things like people don't really f- understand or know and, and, like, what those struggles look like. And, and a parking ticket could totally be a major struggle. Um, and And you want to contest and you want to fight those. I mean, it might not even be your fault, but, uh... You know, um, I, I didn't grow up super wealthy. Like we, like my family, we had some, uh, we hit some rough patches in life. Yeah. Uh, and I remember like in my parents being immigrant too. They don't know English and Uh, there are all these like legal things against us and we didn't really know how to navigate it we didn't know what our rights were we didn't know what we could do or that that there were people who wanted to help um and so I I watched my family kind of struggle through that and stumble and make a lot of uh bad choices just because we're like oh like this is this is the only way we have to make this deal or we have to do this where as it's not true like you can step back and you can find another uh, a, opinion or another perspective on that matter. But when you don't know and and you're not exposed to it and you don't know where to find help, like, it's so hard to, yeah. to, to even get out of that situation.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, like, there... I think you mentioned, like, there's there are a lot of, like, crossovers when it comes to, like, helping out an individual. Um, and I think this, this is also why, like being fairly acquainted or at least like basically acquainted with what the political climate of your country is does matter because I mean yes there are a lot of other flashy things that fluffy and flashy things that come into play with politics but it is dealing with policies you know and laws that are affecting people Mm -hmm. on a micro level which are the big issues because I think those micro laws and policies are the ones that affect everyday life, but people don't know. They're not aware of those things. And so I think like understanding at least like what might be manageable for an everyday person is like understanding what your local laws are. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, becoming acquainted with that. And so hopefully if you have like, if you know at least some basics, Mm -hmm. um, you know that when you hear something on the news or uh, something's happening to your neighbor or to your own family or your friend, like you have a frame of reference for um, that situation and you, you understand like what your footing is instead of like going along with what, you know, mainstream media has its pros and cons, but instead of basing like your opinion or perspective on what you saw or heard through something else, like maybe try and figure out like how that applies to you, like, and actually mm-hmm. look for that information yeah. yourself, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: One of my favorite uh, quotes that was shared, uh, was shared to me by a professor uh, in undergrad was that he was a realist because he, he saw that things can be so much better than they are. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me because it's like, yeah, I I want to I want to see that too. Like, yeah. I, I definitely I, I'm a realist in that sense too because yeah. I I definitely see that there are flaws here and there, and I want to see things get better.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And you have to acknowledge like where those flaws are at to yeah. to really say that these areas are going to get better. Yeah. Um, and I I know that the political climate in in, in the U.S. is pretty hot right now
1: yeah um it's quite interesting
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and i what you said joanne is entirely true i think we have to look at what we can do with our own communities
4: yeah
2: at a at a micro level to really effectuate the change mm-hmm. that we want to see
4: yeah
2: um if we were to constantly think about everything that's going on all at once right. I think we would get really really disheartened mm-hmm. to a point where it's like I can't do anything yeah. right um but we can we definitely can
0: yeah take and like bite sizes you yeah know. yeah doing something is better than doing nothing so that is true you Maybe. know one step at a time
1: yeah but dude, um, thank you so much. Like that was, that was a lot of good stuff. I feel like we could talk yeah, for like, like, we could continue, but forever and ever and ever. <laughs> yeah. There's so many like tangents I want to go on. Um, but I feel like that's like all the time that we kind of have for today. Is there anything else that you want to share or maybe like, um, yeah, yeah to give a that shout out to cool. or add on
0: or, um, like what, what, do you have any like advice or tips or something that you want to say to people who are you know minorities that want to pursue law? Uh, yeah, like any like advices or tips or just words of wisdom that you mm-hmm. want to pass on, yeah. or
1: maybe people just like around our age <laughs> yeah. who are not well versed in law or anything related to that. You know.
2: Yeah. Uh, don't That's get
1: discouraged. <laughs> <laughs> don't get discouraged. Yeah.
2: Don't get discouraged. Like don't don't ever let don't ever let law or law school become your identity. Don't get discouraged by what people might say or think of you. Don't let discouraged by the top law schools and feeling like you have to get to that. You should define your own happiness by what you, what you see yourself doing with a law degree, Mm -hmm. not by what school you're going to get into. That should just be like a part of, of, of that cycle of like actually going towards law degree.
1: yeah,
2: and that's something that I had to wrestle with a little bit myself in like applying for schools.
1: yeah. yeah. Like, what does it mean to stay true to yourself? Like, yeah, that sounds pretty millennial and like, (laughs) you know, very me centered (laughs) or whatever. But it is true. Like um, when you pivot from that place, I think it's a better place to pivot from than like just going with some ideal or some wave that you caught because of a fiery, you know, passion that you felt once. But I think like really understanding um, your identity, um, what makes you you know, want to talk on and on and on mm-hmm. for hours, yeah. you know, what may, what gets your blood, go, you know, pumping, mm-hmm. um, and remembering to stay in tune with those things, totally. uh, as you move through things like law school, yeah. um, or as you meant like, look at what's happening on the news. Yeah. You know.
0: find like more enjoyment, I think, um, than just chasing this idealistic version of what you thought, because on reality is never what, what we we think it right, is. Right. Um, but if you can really hone in and understand who you are and where you're coming from and and really find satisfaction in who you are and like the things that you enjoy and you like press into that you just find so much more like joy in what you're doing even when it's hard especially when it's hard yeah like even more so you know you have a a, a, like this red pinpoint of like this is where i'm going and i'm going to hold on to that uh and this is who i am and i'm just building who i am and i yeah i would feel so much more whole than just trying to fit into this
1: mold you know yeah Alrighty, guys. I loved this session. It, it was a really cool session. Austin was actually paying attention the whole time now. <laughs> he wasn't dozing yeah. off. No, I'm kidding. We love Austin. We're so thankful. Um, but yeah, dude, Isaac, thank you so much for yeah, thank you. Thank you. coming out here, seriously, and um, supporting our podcast. Yeah, yeah we had so much fun. Um, we'd love to chat with you more, um, hopefully some other time, but, uh, maybe next year when (laughs) you're done with round two, (laughs) (laughs) hopefully if you're not dead by then, (laughs) but, um, yeah, you guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, and hopefully you got a little, if not a lot out of this episode and you're, um, motivated to either go find out for yourself, like what you're, uh, passionate about what law might be about, um, if you want to be a law student, yeah, or if you, not,
0: yeah, 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 or who you want to advocate for, or what really kind of drives you to, um, to to do to
1: be the best you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, guys. Well, uh, until next time. I am Joanne. I'm Michelle. And
2: I'm Isaac. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this was. Don't, Don't take our, our word for it. For it. Bye, guys. Bye.